What's up, Substackers? So, a lot of y'all know, unless you're like very new here, uh, often I do a thing called After Airs on here where if you're familiar with my podcast with Trey Crowder putting on airs, um, there will often be, you know, if I'm doing a history subject, whether it be a person or like an event, there will often be something that either got cut for time or I literally just forgot uh, to mention or more often I found out after I'd done the episode, you know, like I just kept researching the thing. It's like, ah, shit, I found this thing. Well, this is a little bit different, but it's in the same vein. This, I guess, is like (laughs) pre-airs because um, I, I started researching a subject that... I don't know when we will talk about it on Putting On Airs because we've got a lot of other ideas. We've got a lot of other episodes that are already laid out. Uh, Plus, this is going to be a like tandem episode where me and Trey are sort of discussing different, like we're discussing the same things. Normally, we have two totally different topics, but this one will be like the whole episode will be about this. We'll just be taking different angles. So who knows when that's going to converge? Anyways, the, the, the episode will be... Um, on the movie Gone with the Wind and the Antebellum South in general uh, because I think personally that that fits the model of Putting on Airs which is a show where uh, two good old dum-dum boys talk about fancy things and especially with Trey who always likes to find the Venn diagram of where fancy and trash uh, overlap and I just think there's a lot to mine in the Antebellum South and the movie Gone with the Wind uh, in general. Um, however you feel about Gone with the Wind, the, and it will not be, by the way, the episode will not be breaking, like, it's not going to be just, like, us doing a review of the movie, although I'm sure that, like, I'll talk about that, because, Lord, that movie got some issues. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll more be about, like, the making of the movie and the implications of things and you know there's some really good stuff on Hattie McDaniel you know the first African-American woman to win the Oscar and there's all sorts of interesting tidbits uh, that will be covered I think the episode will be great anyways since I don't know when that will be there's this piece this little piece of information that I found whilst uh, studying and researching and stuff about the making of Gone with the Wind that I just loved and it's very much just a side note Um, so a lot of attention won't get paid to it on the episode, but I wanted to tell you here because it is awesome. I love Lucille Ball so much. I always have, and I love her even more after finding uh, this out. I mean, you know, I don't think there's a person listening to this that doesn't know who Lucille Ball is because most people on this Substack are either my age or older. Lucille Ball is a comedy icon. She's a female icon, a feminist icon a sorry I'm uh, out walking and I've, I've been sick so I'm breathing crazy she's an American icon she is amazing she blazed a trail for so many people and in my opinion there can't be enough biopics made about her documentaries made about her podcasts made about her praise for her they could go on until the end of time, and I would be fine with it. So here is the, you're like, what does Lucille Ball have to do with Gone, the, Gone with the Wind? Well, I'll tell you, because I found this out in my research. Lucille Ball, at the time of Gone with the Wind being made, she was an actor. She was not, she was not the Lucille Ball that we know today. She had not yet become Lucy, we'll say. 
Um, she was uh, an actor. It's true. She was an actor and she was a working actor, but she was not in any way famous or extremely popular. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't Lucy yet. Anyways, they were considering her for a part in Gone with the Wind. Now, it escapes me what the part was. I don't, it was not Vivian Lee's part. It wasn't Scarlett, um, but it was a substantial role. Um, anyways, they were considering her for this and they sent her the script, right? And again, please let me remind you, this is before Lucille Ball was Lucille Ball. She read the script and I believe the quote was, what the fuck is this? No, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Because Lucille Ball, aside from not liking the script, because apparently the first dra- first several drafts were just absolute dog shit. So, but it's not just that. It was that she thought that it was a bad rep- representation of how the post-Civil War South was, and she thought it was very revisionist, which, like, a lot... Of course everybody thinks that, because it's true, right? But again, it's it's not just because she thought the script sucks, and here's why I know that. Because this was a... Gone with the Wind, as you know, went on... It's, it's the, it was the, one of the biggest movies of all time. Like, in, in a lot of contexts, it just, like, kind of is. You know, it was the first big... Like, it was a James Cameron experience before James Cameron was even thought of. Uh, it had the biggest budget. It had the biggest box office. It's been replayed more times. It's, it was, was it the first movie in color? I believe it was. Goddamn, Corey, don't do the whole podcast episode now. But it was a David O. Selznick film. David O. Selznick was the biggest thing in Hollywood. He was a kingmaker. So this is a David O. Selznick movie that is also a Clark Gable movie and Lucy meaning that Lucille Ball knows and any actor would know doing this movie could be huge for me and she said fuck no didn't even want to go read for it and to me that is just supreme balls it would be one thing if she was already Lucy and could just turn things down and it didn't matter but that wasn't the case she did not know how her career was going to pan out. I mean, for the love of God, y'all, it's not easy for a woman now, like as quote unquote woke as Hollywood is, it's still hard for women now. Less so, obviously, but we're talking about the 30s here. We're like, bruh, sometimes women, like they, they gave them two years and then they were like, ugh, you're 24, gross, get out of here. So to have, I guess, the conviction to be like, I don't really give a shit. I think this movie is in poor taste and I'm not gonna do it. I don't give a fuck who's making it. It Is supremely ballsy. I think it's really cool. And I think it makes me love Lucy even more than I already did. So there you go. There's a little pre putting on airs tidbit uh, in the event we don't do that episode for a long while or in the very real event uh, that by the time we do, I have forgotten even telling y'all this and forget it. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, I figured anybody would love hearing a Lucy tidbit. Thank y'all for being here. Uh, Thank you to those who pay the $5 a month for all the, and y'all know I hate this word, content that we put out on this here platform. Uh, We are growing, aside from 
you know, bits like this, your random pop-ins of, of fun facts and whatnot. We're also building the world of Chickaluki, my fictional town of Chickaluki, my own little Lake Wobegon with a southern twist, if you will. It is very fun rounding this whole thing out. I'm having a blast. Uh, as you all know, or for some of you that are new here, Pastor Petey is... Uh, in the Chickaluki universe. Colonel Cornbread is in the Chickaluki universe. So there's going to be so many things that I weave in and out of there. In my brain, um, the, I'm trying to build a world like Lake Wobegon's, but like, you know, like a Star Wars universe or like how Quentin Tarantino, and listen, I'm not comparing myself to Garrison Keillor, George Lucas, or Quentin Tarantino, but I'm heavily inspired by all three in the sense that I've always loved that like Tarantino's movies all exist in the same universe they might not have anything really to do with each other but they all exist in the same universe i love that like shared history um you know it just makes things feel more real and cool and lived in and you know like you just just get to the town becomes a character i like that shit uh, so that's what i'm trying to do and it's been a lot of fun and um you know, pastor Petey is every sunday we had colonel cornbread in the case of the confederate ruby that was the first Chickaluki branded full-length audio drama. I enjoyed doing it. I am proud of it even though I made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes were made uh, because I'm an idiot and I still for some reason try to convince myself every day uh, that I can do a million projects at once while being a stay-at-home dad and it's uh, just a fool's errand but all I can do is try and I have a blast fucking trying. But I'm working on a new audio drama right now a little Christmas special type thing that I think y'all are going to love. So thank you to all of you who support this program and all the programs here financially by subscribing for the $5. As you know, PBS style, the offering plate is always going around. Um, if you want to support the show with more money, you can PayPal me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com. That is not uh, expected at all. Basically, I just don't want to... I don't want to charge a higher, I don't want to make the $5 a month higher, but I know that there's some people who would, if it was $10 a month or 15, there's some people who would pay that because they feel it's worth it to them. And so you can just do it that way. You can make a one-time donation, PayPal, uh, Corey at gmail.com. But like I said, I'm just happy that you're here. Even if you're here for free, I just like getting my shit out. I like building this community with y'all. Y'all are awesome. It's so much better to be here. Uh, for a large majority of the time than it is to be on regular social media where everyone exists uh, and they don't hit. So I love being here. I'll talk to y'all later. Uh, love you. Right? Hug everybody that you love and call them and tell them that you love them and go eat some pie. Bye. Love you. <laughs>